Biden's desperate for a new Iran deal, and energy policy could soon be used to limit our freedom. I'm Greg Corumbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and lots of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simple delicious. Tart Cherry Gummies come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. In the hours since last night's shocking news, we have witnessed the most heartfelt outpouring of grief at the loss of Her Late Majesty, the Queen. Crowds have gathered, flags have been lowered to half-mast, tributes have been sent from every continent around the world. On the death of her father, King George VI, Winston Churchill said the news had stilled the clatter and traffic of 20th century life in many lands. Now, 70 years later, in the tumult of the 21st century, life has paused again. Her late Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, was one of the greatest leaders the world has ever known. She was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Welcome to the radio show. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Friday. That was the new prime minister of that was the new prime minister of uh, Britain in her first week. She's got a lot to deal with. And yesterday we had that breaking news and we followed that. We've got a lot of stuff domestically here to get into as well. This crazy, insane Friday. So we're going to get started that um, we also have some foreign policy stuff to look at in midterm elections, too here in the U.S. And one of the things that I also want to get into is this situation, this argument that we have seen where apparently it's, they're, they're, mostly it's, I've noticed it's like leftist uh, people in the media. It's leftist people in the media that are talking about colonialism, etc. We're going to go over that in depth later on in the program because There is a difference between colonialism and imperialism, and I wish that the people who were as mad, who got mad over what they think is colonialism, I wish that they got mad over uh, Marxist imperialism, you could say. So we're going to get into all of that as well. Uh, Additionally, the president spoke, and when he he gave some remarks, what did he go to the, uh, he was at the British embassy, I think, and he was at the British embassy, And at that point, he decided he was going to make some remarks and he went and started, he started talking about the uh, Queen of England and then he like went on something about uh, MAGA again and kept kept on that. I just, it was just bizarre. It was just absolutely bizarre. 
So I don't know what I guess he's he's been told don't ever uh, don't ever deviate from this message. I feel like that's what he was told. Like ever since he made his his big, crazy, divisive speech just last week, I feel like he was told that you have to stay on this message. Don't deviate from this message. This is what this is exactly. You have to say this over and over again and just keep this focus. It was just it was weird. It was a weird thing. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's going to happen. He's actually going to Pennsylvania today. He's going to, one Democrat has decided that they're going to allow him to go and help them campaign. That's Tim Ryan. And we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure we're going to get some choice sound bites out of that. Uh, but man, Pennsylvania is, they have some of the weirdest races that I've seen so far of any midterm in a long time. And it really, I mean, it really is, it's weird. They have some of the weirdest ones. Uh, and we're going to break down some of the, the House races you need to watch, as well as uh, some of the Senate races you need to watch and how Nevada is changing. Uh, we also had the latest, speaking of Nevada, about that Robert Tellis situation. Democrats got to stop killing people. I'm just telling you, they got to quit. They got to quit this stuff. So we're going to get into all of that and more. Uh, first and foremost, though, I don't know if you, I actually retweeted Jeff Bezos yesterday, which was, did not have that on my bingo card uh, for at all. Did not have that on my uh, for this year or any year, really. Um, but this um, Carnegie Mellon, pulling this up, she's a, a professor of critical race theory, which is a Marxist thing. We've talked about it before. It's a, it's a Marxist, uh, an entirely Marxist uh, theory. It came, I mean, literally came from, uh, it, it just replaces class warfare with, uh, with race, ultimately. It replaces the, you know, the economic aspects of it with race. Um, so, she, the tweet, I'm pulling up the tweet right now because it was deleted and I have, I had a screen cap of it, uh, pulling this up. This was like, I guess in the days or the hours right after they announced the Queen of England was dead. And this woman... Carnegie Mellon, Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uju Anya is her name. She tweeted that this, she said she hoped that the queen's final hours of pain would be excruciating. She called her a thieving, raping, she said she was head of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire. And added, quote, I heard, this is to her direct words, I heard the chief monarch of a thieving, raping, genocidal empire is finally dying. May her pain be excruciate, excruciating. If anyone expects me to express anything but disdain for the monarch who supervised a government that sponsored the genocide that massacred and displaced half my family and the consequences of which those alive are still trying to overcome, you can keep wishing upon a star. Oh, she kept going. Uh, she said that wretched woman and her bloodthirsty throne have blanked generations of my ancestors on both sides of the family. She supervised a government that sponsored genocide, that uh, the genocide of my parents and siblings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't know anything about this lady, and I'm trying to figure out what, what is she talking about? Because I see, I mean, I, I see a lot of people, by the way, a lot of people have, uh, I love how they're all, they see like one person on the left uh, say some like stupid stuff and then they all repeat it thinking that you know uh, uh, look we kind of look like we know what we're talking about we we have justified our crassness with this with, with this like borrowed intelligence or something like that so i'm only and i'm going to get into this later this is not i'm not going to do it this particular segment because it's a little bit of a deep dive 
Uh, but this, the only thing that I can think of uh, that, because I don't know who the hell this woman is and I don't care. The only thing I could think of is that they were all talking about uh, the uh, Mau Mau Rebellion. And if you don't know what that is, and like I said, I'm going to dive into this later, deeper with our conversation on how now the CRT people, everything is colonialism. So this was this was something that took place in Kenya. And this was like, the I mean, really, ultimately, the more at the beginning of her reign. Um, but here's my question. It, and it had to do with British soldiers going to Kenya. And there was this rebellion of people that um, had risen up. And they did not want uh, Europeans essentially moving and farming any of their land, et cetera, et cetera. And I have a major, major question. So if you have people like this broad and other leftists that are, they're accusing the, the Britain and I guess by association, the queen, even though she's, she's the head of state, but she has actual literal, she had no, and Charles won't either. They have no, they can't do anything. Only after like all of the all of their parliament is gone do they have any actual kind of authority. Uh, that's they don't have any authority. They're they're a representation. They're like the mascot for. They're really like the mascot for Britain. That's kind of what they are. Uh, anyway, long story short, I don't know why people if they're talking about violence and murder and all of this, if they're mad at Britain and they're mad at the crown, has it come up? Because I looked to see if anybody actually talked about this and I only remember reading about this in college briefly it wasn't anything that we studied for a long period of time but I do remember I had a course in college um, that touched on this didn't this start with people murdering black and white farmers in Kenya because from what I remember from what I had learned is that the reason that British soldiers moved in were because the people who are taking part in the resistance I mean, I understand resistance, but I don't know where I've read about pregnant women being scissored into just ribbons of meat as a form of resistance and how mostly women and children were the ones massacred. And it was mostly actual other black members of their country that were massacred more than white Europeans by the by uh, the Mau Mau resistance, the rebellion. I just, I just, it's weird because I haven't seen that mentioned in uh, context with this uh, whole colonialism argument. So we're going to talk about that a little bit because the media is not either because they're all, they're all idiots. They're all idiots and they just see one jack wagon say something on Twitter and then they all start repeating it. That's all it is. But I just think, it, and, and some people argue, well, Britain's response to that was a little, you know, was a little heavy. Uh, well, don't you think that maybe resisting by murdering women and children you know, you're trying to get back at the crown by literally murdering black women and black children in Kenya. Do you think that that's I mean, you can go look at the history if you want to try to prove me wrong. But, you know, it's not going you're not going to be successful. I'm just wondering why that doesn't come up. Why it's such a one sided, lopsided discussion. And I don't think people know what the heck the Commonwealth is. Look, I don't care about the monarchy as an institution. I don't care. And I'm less fascinated than some of my other fellow patriots about how that all that had that stuff works i think they just look at it like it's a weird club and you know they they look at it and they're like oh it's kind of i mean the only times that i like watching stuff is when i think somebody else's family drama is greater than my own and so i just like to look at people essentially slap fight out in the street which is basically what the press is anymore it's just coverage of that but i do i i think that people need to be accurate when especially if you if if you're 
wanting to solidify this as the narrative going forward, as history going forward, shouldn't it be accurate? And also, this is just more CRT. That's exactly what this is. This whole trend, just like during Mao's Cultural Revolution, interesting uh, association there, uh, that was in China. Just as you know, his, his whole Cultural Revolution where they began tearing down anything traditional, anything that gave you know, Chinese people a, a, an identity, anything like that, because he, it, ultimate power does not want competition. And that's exactly what, this is just an extension of that. We're going to talk about this more here coming up. Uh, additionally, Biden is claiming he has, he himself has created the strongest economic recovery in recent history. He is so wise and all-knowing and so successful, thou should bow down to him. I listened to this and I don't, did they give him a bunch of steroids and maybe did, did he, or did he accidentally eat some Hunter stuff thinking it was candy? Uh, I mean, you know, what's this white powder? That looks like castor sugar. It's not though. Don't do it. Don't, and he did it. And he did it. Well, we're going to get into all of that as well. And uh, the Oberlin College, 36, remember how they, they uh, were defamed, Oberlin College defamed a bakery? It was a family-run bakery, Gibson's Bakery. Oberlin College finally paid out the full $36.5 million it owes to Gibson's Bakery. They defamed them. They accused them of being racist because they had uh, a black student that like, actually apparently tried to steal something from the store. And when he was caught, he said it was racist. And the college decided to smear them, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? Honestly, I don't think $36.5 million, Really, The owners are dead and the whole place went bankrupt. So where's the win? See, I think Oberlin should be made to suffer more. That's me. Ammo is expensive and in short supply. Did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the Mantis X? All the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X firearms training system is a no ammo, all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy. It simply attaches to your own firearm like a like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range. The Mantis X gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's Mantis x.com and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech cdc has reported problems with babies and toddlers after receiving the vaccine it's almost like we told you this would happen when you decided to can i even say anything or am i going to have the karens of bitch world come and descend upon me from the gates of hell because i dare to say that your injection is nothing more than liquid crystals and dream catchers and it doesn't actually do jack crap to prevent anything that's a headline anyway so we all knew this did we not we all knew it uh let's see disney almost this is very interesting you're gonna like this disney almost bought twitter in 2016 but there was a reason why they didn't would you like to know what that reason was there was a substantial number of bots. What? <laughs> there, 
It's almost like we could have told them that too. They said, according to uh, this is Bob Iger, the Disney CEO. He said that he he actually said this. He goes, I backed out of the deal in 2016 to buy Twitter because of a substantial portion of the social media platform's users were not real. Well, so, see, that makes me think that Musk is going to have, he's not going to have a hard time with us, with this suit. I don't think so. I mean, if, if you're, if the price is predicated upon a particular amount of the user number for, for the numbers uh, user number to be real and a significant portion of those users are actually fake is where's the value then so that's mm, gonna be interesting watching i want to un- well first off let me get to the taiwan thing gm rolls out a thirty thousand dollar piece of crap called an electric equinox no i'm not going to big bird and pbs sesame street door the explorer up my language I'm not here to babysit anybody's kids. This is grown folk stuff. $30,000 electric Equinox. This is their first thing. They're going to kick off EVs. <sighs> Worst things ever. Taiwan has the fastest internet in the world. I am actually didn't know this. They are number one in the world. Their average sp- speed is 135.88 megabytes per second. That's like 13 points more than second place Japan. We're not even in the top 10. I'm going to riot. I'm going to riot right now. Stay with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text DANA to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We got a little help from Republicans, but not a lot, but enough to get it passed. But the truth is, there are a lot more Republicans taking credit for that bill than we actually voted for it. I see them out there, and now we're going to build this new bridge here. We're all for it. And by the way, this new road, and we're going to have an internet that's going to be all the way. I love them, man. What's he talking about? They ain't got no shame. Had to have some my black rifle coffee. What's he talking about? What what a Republican, nobody's trying to take, is he talking about that giant steaming turd that he calls an infrastructure bill? Is that the, the tax bill? Is that what he's talking about? This was from his uh, one of his th- he's he's there's two Democrats that they actually were able to 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 push on to get to have um, this whole uh, trying to get him out there ahead of midterms to make it look like he's got some kind of influence, because if Biden doesn't look like he has influence in midterms, how are people going to be how are you going to convince people to vote for him 
if he doesn't look like he has any influence. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't, what, I don't get it. Well, welcome back to the program. Very Daria-esque Dana Lash here. It's September and it's like 90 degrees in Texas and I'm just done with that. Where's the fall? I'm not like, I don't want the Uggs and the pumpkin spice and all that stuff. I want like my black turtlenecks and my goth industrial music. That's what I want. That's, I want my fall, my spooky season to be here. Anyway. All right. So getting into all of this, that was the president, as I said, yesterday he was taking he was blaming republicans saying that they were there's not a single republican that has taken any any credit for anything biden's done that's why i'm so confused by this like i went over i was like was there a bill that passed that i just that we missed i mean it seems like really doubtful but maybe there was something that we missed but i don't think so i haven't seen i don't i don't see anything i didn't doesn't seem like we missed anything i i'm not i I, it makes no sense now uh with this Getting into some of this other stuff. I want to talk for a moment about, because I'm not going to spend all day on them. I'm not carrying the whatever Charles's address because we're American. I appreciate what an ally is going through. And I do, as if you get, if you got my piece last night, I said this was the unwoke Christian queen. Queen, that also works. But she, and, and I'm wondering if it was the, um, la- it, it, it makes, I, I, I look at what's going to happen long term with England, especially as they're getting ready to take a stand against Russia with energy. I mentioned this to you yesterday and someone had written to me and they said, you know, I'm really glad that you broke this down as to why we should care because it was weird to me to see so many Americans following this. Oh, I get it. It's totally weird. It's weird to even talk about it. It's like we're the United States of America. We fought. We are proudly. We are proud rebels against the crown we i mean that's like our whole identity i have a friend who came over for fourth of july uh can you were here she's british what is what did our shirt say she said like happy treason day or something like that she was saying it jokingly but it was that was what her shirt said it was funny i mean we have fun we have fun with it it's our it's our culture i mean we as as we are proudly and to somewhat an exaggerated degree super proud of where we come from which it you know we should be but I know that there's a there's a we have like you have a mixed reaction because you have a little bit of it's weird. It's like you have you have curiosity about what's going because they have all these traditions and all this stuff. Dude, I read about this tradition where like, when they bring her body because her body is going to lie in a bunch of different palaces. And at one point, I, I don't know how I didn't seek this out. I was doing prep late last night and I was reading some of this stuff and I came across this thing called vigil of the princes have you ever heard of this i've never heard of this and the point of it is that they at one point the monarch would have and this apparently has gone back to even before henry the eighth they have like the princes and some of i guess the senior members of their little family stand around i guess as a gesture and they take over for the grenadier guards or whatever, and they guard the monarch. I didn't know that. Can I just tell you, I swear I don't mean this to be in any way disrespectful. I promise you I don't. But this is how my mind works. People who've listened to this show for a long time are going to totally understand where I'm about to go. But you know what the first thing that popped into my mind was, Kane? The uh, turkeys do this little thing where they go in a circle when one of them falls. Did you know that? It's weird. 
I don't know why, but it just said that was what came in. It's how my mind works. I will go to those places so you don't have to. Anyway, I was reading all this and, and I, they go, they're going through this, like they're going to go through this mourning period. I've been watching Liz Truss and how she may or may not get along with Charles. She's the new prime minister who apparently was a proud Republican when she was younger. Did you know this? Oh, dude, there's like all these videos came out about her last night. There's a lot of them, but I'm not going to play all of them. But she was saying something like, I don't understand why we need a monarchy and all this. I mean, she was saying a lot of this. She was a proud Republican. And all of this happened. And then the, all of the press turned their cameras on her. Like, you're the new prime minister and this is what you said. Now, granted, guys, she said this stuff in the mid-90s, okay? So most of the stuff that she had said was like she was still in college. And she was, you know, it was the 90s and she was in college. Come on. We can't be doing this. So I think that people are giving her a little bit more grace. I think they're a little less, maybe less woke over there because it's super trendy right here right now. I'm, I, I'm, trying, to get a, I'm trying to get a feel of that. We're going to talk to my friend Matthew Marsden coming up because I'm going to ask him this. He's, he's British. His wife is Maltese. And uh, he was on uh, Coronation Street, which interestingly was the Queen's favorite show, as he was told. And I want to get a sense of that from him. It seems a little bit less woke over there because they. it seems like they gave her a little bit more grace than they would have given anybody over here. But anyway, she. I said yesterday she had, they, they did something that we should be doing here. So here in the United States, Biden has allowed leases for uh, drilling, getting any kind of oil or gas off of federal lands. They've pretty much slowed to a halt. This is a direct contradiction to what he promised Joe Manchin in order to get Joe Manchin to... Uh, make a deal with him and and support that uh, build back tax the hell out of everybody bill. And it looks like Manchin's not getting it. Interestingly enough, Manchin's approval in West Virginia has plummeted. He's he's like it's like thirty something percent. It's crazy. So in in Britain, Trust goes out and says, "Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna uh, uh, reverse the ban on fracking and we're gonna increase the." Uh, Leases for oil and gas in the North Sea. They're trying to pivot to become inter- to be independent of Russian energy and to stabilize Europe with that. Energy has been weaponized and it's going to be, it's, it will absolutely be a destabilization factor. It will be a force multiplier for Russia. If when you have cold winters, people are suffering, you can bring a nation to its knees if you can control the temperature and, and you can control people heating their homes. You can control all of that. That's what they're trying to avoid. And she's smart trying to get ahead of it. Now, Charles is a big old greenie. We're, we're, what is that going to look like? How is that going to work? There could be, and I say this because, yes, he's a figurehead, but he also can sway public opinion. Is that going to create instability within the borders of our ally? I am looking at this from a totally selfish perspective. How does this affect me? That's really the most important question, everybody. How does this affect me? Me, the average American, as you know, you might like I have to go to the grocery store later, right? I'm going to be standing there in the in front of the meat case being like, how does this affect me, though? Me, as I sit here and I like get some meat. How is this going to be affecting me? Right. Yeah. I also got to get some baking soda. I need to add that on my list. Maybe standing there in the big, maybe standing there in the aisle trying to weigh which which is the most affordable and yet most potent baking soda. How does this over here with Charles and Liz Trust? How does this affect me? But seriously, you should wonder that because no man is an island. There is some truth to that. Worst case scenario, you have Charles who fights with trust 
And then she's accused of hurting the monarchy. He's accused of, I don't know, like what, you know, trying to be a, a little bit more uh, under Russia's thumb. And th- there's a big fight and then stability in England weekends, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah, it sounds like cra- it sounds a little crazy, but it absolutely could happen. So that's why I look at it this way. Now, there's been this big debate on colonization. This is so crazy. This whole thing. I don't know what um, the woman that the the who was it? The Carnegie Mellon lady. <laughs> just, we're just going to go with that. I don't keep track. Of, there's so many people who whine. Do you think I have time to remember? You don't have time to remember all their names. She was tweeting all this vile stuff saying that uh, supervised government sponsored genocide. Da, 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 da. Now, I don't know if she's talking about I'm just assuming it's the the Mau Mau rebellion and all of this stuff. Have you, I take the time to read about some of this. And it's, because it's very, I just want to know why the, why no one's saying anything about how the actual rebels, how, what happened with them. There was one of the stories that it was actually given, um, that the press had covered. It was in near Nairobi. And there was a farmer and his wife that had been butchered by members of the Mau Mau Rebellion. It was in 1953. And there were tons. In fact, um, there were tons of people who died horrible deaths at the hands of the at the hands of these people in this rebellion. And they were fighting against what they viewed as British colonization. There were there were Europeans coming in and uh, they were farming. And from what I would I mean, the way that it read, they weren't like they they weren't. uh, uh, they were a lot of them also were working with people native to the area and a lot of the people farming were also themselves native to the area so it seems like at some point i question well how much of this is anger at britain and europe and then how much of it is anger at you just want to control this and you're using that as justification to carry out atrocities so british the british responded and they had a crackdown and all this stuff and this was after they had you know tons of people that were killed and I think that's, you know, kind of the it, because people say that the British government committed all of these atrocities against Kenyans and, and and it's horrific that they did that. And not at any point does anyone discuss how this whole thing started. They they said that recruitment to Mau Mau began actually with the bloodshed of entire villages. They would they would wipe out entire villages and uh, people were forced to take oaths of allegiances and all of this stuff. I mean, they ultimately some people said it was really nothing more than it really was actually a a civil war between rival african factions and the british were there working with the group that was doing the farming and they were working with britain and establishing economic ties and all of this stuff and that's apparently you know what happened but there's a difference between colonization and imperialism and I think that people forget because they were like this this professor who was screeching over and over again about on Twitter and all these other people. I have so many examples of this. I mean, there's like the New York Times, New York Magazine, The Atlantic. They were saying she was a colonizer. You know, she was the one that actually oversaw the creation of the Commonwealth. I do. Do people understand what the Commonwealth is? I mean, they they the Commonwealth is the direct opposite of everything that they were claiming was happening they have the commonwealth of nations there's a ton of nations in there and it's not about subjugation i mean they actually what is it free and equal is their that's their slogan 
That's their, if you're a member state, it's free and equal. And they share economic ties, they, you know, protection, all this other stuff. And that's, seems kind of the opposite of what people are accusing. Words have meanings. And it just seems like a lot of people pushing this Marxist CRT don't understand this. Yes, there's colonialism. Yes, there's imperialism. And yes, there's a difference between those two things. And yes, there's a difference between those two things and what the Commonwealth is and does. You know, half of these people that are that are screeching about this could not even explain to you the difference between England, Great Britain, UK, Commonwealth. They couldn't explain to you what the difference in those terms mean. But they want you to take them seriously on this stuff. It's it's an extension of CRT that they are unleashing and using this as using the death of their of England's monarch as a, a reason to do it. We've been we've been dealing with CRT here for for a long time. I've been writing about Derek Bell and CRT since 2010. This has been going on for a while. But all of these people, the, there were media like and, and newspapers that were publishing this stuff. I mean, if you're going to have a complaint about somebody, at least make sure that your words are defined accurately and that you're being factual. I don't have a problem with people, you know, waxing rage on something so long as it's based on correct definitions and actual facts. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one-of-a-kind American-made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market. They innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50-round double-stack magazine, which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants, from sporting, hunting, to personal defense, and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting, because it's well-balanced and thus accurate. You can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work. The P50 is fun on the range, but it's also great for serious home protection. To find out more about the P50 and all other Keltec weapons, and products, check out Keltechweapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C weapons.com. Keltech, creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter, chapter and verse. Over at Substack, all kinds of good stuff that I send out regularly over there. Surprise, surprise, we're behind on our stuff. Okay, so Rings of Power. I got an issue. I have an issue, but it's not what you think. Uh, every, that's the Lord of the Rings thing that's on Amazon. It's actually not bad. I've been watching it. And I think you can watch it. It's, um, I think it's, it's so far it's, it's been well made. And I think the woman that they cast as Gladriel does a really good job of it. A lot of people are saying it's woke. I don't necessarily agree with that. And here's why. Um, I don't have a problem unless it affects the actual plot I don't have a problem with people thinking a story so cool they want to be in it as well and see, you know, other races or ethnicities in it. I don't get bothered by that unless it like changes, you know, the plot somehow. I don't know. Um, but the thing, the problem that I have isn't with necessarily uh, Gladriel is not a Mary Sue, meaning she's not an overpowered female character. She's one of the most powerful. Hi, I'm a Tolkien nerd. She's one of the most powerful elves in Middle Earth. Um, she's actually she's she's older than the Elven King at the time that's shown in the episode. So okay, so this is where I have a major problem. Where's her husband and her kid? She's got a daughter. 
who didn't they stand behind stay behind in the undying lands when she came over and they're acting like elrond and and gladriel are kind of like the same age and elrond elrond marries her daughter that's where arwen comes from arwen's gladriel's granddaughter the lady of lothlorien so where where are they at that's what I, that's my big complaint secondly the elven king who acts like he can just tell Gladriel to go across the Sundering Sea back to the Undying Lands. Dude, she's like a thousand years older than you and she comes from a, a rank of elves way higher than you. But I will say this. In the Second Age, she actually did wear armor and battle Sauron. Now, she didn't earlier with the Mogorth. She didn't do that, but she did later on. But see, her magic was her power. And in elven culture, the women were as strong as the men. That's my only complaint. It's a good series, Ring of Power. You should watch it. Second hour coming up next. Did you know the tart cherries are an important superfood? When it comes to promoting metabolic health, they are a powerhouse. But if you're not looking to chug two cups of tart cherry juice a day, you need to know about new tart cherry gummies. Tart cherry gummies from the makers of Super B Tart Chews are an easy way to reduce inflammation from exercise, and they support immune health. Just two tart cherry gummies are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. They're vegan, non-GMO, they have zero sugar, and are simply delicious. Tart cherry gummies come with a one 100% satisfaction guarantee. Try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back, no questions asked. Right now, you can get up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies plus free shipping at buytartcherry.com Dana. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's buytartcherry.com Dana for up to 35% off Tart Cherry Gummies. Buytartcherry.com Dana. Our plan, powered by the Inflation Reduction Act, represents the largest investment in fighting climate change in our country's history. And it will put us well on our way toward a future where we depend on the wind, the sun, and other clean sources of energy. We will rid ourselves from our current dependence on fossil fuels. Ah, man. Can I need a, I need, you know what? First off, that's Janet Yellen talking about how our economy is going to get ruined further as if you know it could be ruined even more uh she says under biden's plan we're going to rid ourselves of all the things that are affordable and plentiful we're not at the point with the hydrogen batteries yet folks so stop when as soon as our stuff can run off air i'll totally get me an air car i'm totally fine with that but i'm not going to trade opec for china welcome back to the show dana lash here with you top of our second hour here this friday day of my mom's birth happy birthday mom so Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's 20 years old. It's amazing, right? Wow. Yeah. So Janet Yellen says we're going to rid ourselves of all the oil and gas. Hmm. This is all part of this ESG stuff. So you have just this is what you need to know. These are all buzzwords, by the way. What does ESG stand for? Extremely stupid grift. We could go with that, but it's environmental, social and governance. That's right. Extremely stupid grift. And it's all part of the green thing. This is the argument that you are presented daily, are you not? That you either submit to all of these things that we demand in the name of Mother Earth, or you hate the Earth and you want us all to die because the polar bears will die, the glaciers will melt away. Sidebar, you know the polar bear population has exploded? Did you know that? It has. And there's some big glacier that actually expanded up in Antarctica. Yeah, there were a bunch of meteorologists and weather people talking about it. Yeah, we were told that by the extremely stupid grift. Anyway, 
the ESG, these are the standards that all, this is all part of the green stuff. The green, the green movement is nothing more but a proxy war between status and uh, statism and liberty. It just is behind the veneer of green energy. That's all it is. It's a proxy battle. So the ESG, this is just another aspect of the green agenda. And that's the extremely stupid grift, environmental study grifting guidelines, something. I know what it is. I'm just not going to do it. So here's the thing. Virginia Yellen to say this. Fossil fuels are, you, you, I mean, you can't, they're low cost. They are replenishable. Solar and wind, they're not, they're unreliable. I mean, that's, do you know that in, and this is going to pull up my source for this. That China and, and India, apparently, they have a ton of coal plants actually in development. Alex Epstein wrote a big thing on this. And he covers the e- parts of, he was looking at China and India and ES, ESG divestment. It's true. I mean, it was, this whole thing was something that people at the United Nations came up with as a way to try to subjugate all of these nations into uh, bending the knee to this. It's... It's the, no one, I mean, it's become a top priority now, and we're seeing it in financial institutions uh, you're, where you have banks that are actually being encouraged to evaluate businesses on their ESG standards and all this stuff. It's very, very, very Beijing, uh, CCP. And, oh, you should do investing in environmental norms and all of this stuff. And um, they, you know, they, every company, they want every company to fall under the yoke of this ESG stuff. And like I said, it was, I mean, it was really like created within the UN from in these, these green devotees. This wind and solar are not as reliable and there's no way you're going to be able to entirely ever separate, uh, solar or even we were talking about the hydrogen batteries in that air like actually taking thin air and making it into energy isn't that what they did with fallout by the way isn't that how that i just realized that they had the hydrogen uh battery packs and all that huh so they were first huh interesting so you you have to be able to have you, you have to be able to have oil and, and, and gas. And, and first off, how are you going to create all these new infrastructures, all this new infrastructure based on, you know, wind and solar without oil and gas? That's also interesting. And you, all, you have to have oil and gas as a backup. I mean, that's just it. This whole thing, and I linked for you a big piece that Epstein wrote in a previous newsletter, Alex Epstein, not, the, not that Epstein, and how dangerous this movement is to the world because they it's almost like this was designed to make china energy dominant and this is a national security issue because energy is national security energy is safety i mean if you have someone who can control your use and of and access to energy in the same way that you're watching russia with their Nord Stream 1, or sorry, as Corinne Jean-Pierre says, Nord Stream, or Nordstrom. I can't even say it incorrectly. Her Nordstrom pipeline to Europe, that's a huge issue. 
And all of these renewable materials, and we've talked about this. Oh my gosh, I've talked to, this is like a passion subject for me. All of these renewable materials that are for use either in Biden's green energy stuff, which he has in his tax bill that he passed, all of this, it's, it's clearly dominated from China. They dominate the mining, the processing, the manufacturing, all of it. And why is that? Because of regulations that are based in greenery. See, we, they have no environmental protections, although they keep acting like they're changing it, but they aren't. They have no worker protections. They have nothing like this. We won't even, and this is what gets me, for all of our talk, and by ours, I mean the left's talk about solar and, and wind and everything, you know, all this other stuff. They don't put anything into the excavation, the sourcing, the processing of it, the refinement of it here domestically. They don't, whenever they talk about infrastructure, that is never included in any of their, when they're throwing out money like they're at the strip club. That they, these, these things never get any of it. That's the, and, and that to me, sh- I mean, that is where I think that they're completely fake. They have no problem leaning totally on China. They don't want to give any of this money to create any of this here within the United States. And as Kane notes, you bring up a good point. Because you're like, well, worker protections would drive the cost of batteries and that through the roof, it would. And that's where I think some, like I, I don't mind private sector unions at all. Public sector unions are what I'm entirely against because I'm a taxpayer and I have no representation. And our ancestors went to war over that. Uh, but the one problem that I have with some of this stuff is that you have worker protections and you have, uh, I mean, you would absolutely, I mean, you would, I, I can't see how they wouldn't in a rare earth element mine unionize. But you also have to be realistic and look at what the market's asking. Market dictates all of this stuff. And I don't know, there's, there are a lot of questions to ask about this, but the ESG, when I hear Janet Yellen talk about all of this, they are ignoring the fact that, that energy is national security. Look at California. They're wanting to ban the sale of gas-powered vehicles within the next like 10 years. They're already having a major problem on their grid. The only, I mean, every, all the EVs that are out there right now are what? They're, they're electric EVs, electric vehicles, which the electricity is produced nationally and over, I think it's over 86% of it in coal-fired plants. But the, the issue is that they don't even have a grid that can sustain what they're demanding. They don't. And they're bankrupt, basically, aren't they? Are they not? Aren't they like in the red? Where are they going to get the money to... See, they think that they can rob Peter to pay Paul. They want to bankrupt oil and gas, and they think that they can sin tax everything to death, and then they think that they're going to take that money. Oh, then we'll do this on the... When does that ever happen, by the way? When have they ever taken money from something and actually funded something else that they claimed they were going to fund? That's never happened. Furthermore, why should that industry be forced to subsidize that industry? If it's attractive, private investment will come. This is the government trying to force speed the issue. And that makes it dangerous and unreliable. I mean, there, there's one thing, you know, having your pet project is one thing, but virtue signaling our country into being vulnerable is another entirely. But that's just what they're looking at. Now, I have a few other things here. The, hmm. I wanted to bring up this issue. So, this is WGN, <laughs> Channel 9. 
You remember when uh, Lori Lightfoot just this earlier this week, she was out making the rounds of the press and she was screaming, screaming audio sound by 14, yelling about Greg Abbott. Listen to this. Let me say loud and clear to Greg Abbott and his enablers in Texas. With these continued political stunts, Governor Abbott has confirmed what unfortunately many of us uh, had already known, that he is a man without any morals, humanity, or shame. Instead of treating these individuals with respect that they deserve, the due process that our laws require, Governor Abbott chose instead to humanely and humanely load them onto buses, send them on a more than 12-hour journey across a country that they don't know, and to drop them off without any regard for what the next steps are. Mm. That sounds all well and good, but guess what? Hmm. Burr Ridge Mayor Gary Grasso reached out to WGN, Channel 9 Chicago. And WGN got involved and they began investigating. You know all of these buses, uh, people that Greg Abbott was sending to Chicago? Lori Lightfoot turned around and sent them to Burr Ridge without giving any advance warning to the local mayor. Now, she says that Abbott treats people who enter illegally like, quote-unquote, cargo. And then she sent those to Burr Ridge. Um, uh, to Brute? I'm just... <laughs> interesting, is it not? President Biden's desperate for a new Iran deal. Ranked choice voting in Alaska makes the fourth place finisher the winner. And energy policy could soon be used to limit our freedom. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day for conservatives, and hopefully a lot of laughs too. Join us. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm, golly, at the bottom of the hour already. All right, so let's just, here's a word of warning, okay? Never, ever use a hydrogen balloon to harvest nuts from a tree. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know, this Associated Press reports this. They said it was in Beijing. I don't trust anything that comes out of Beijing, but still, I do believe this. China state media says a man was found safe because he spent two days aloft in a hydrogen balloon and it became untethered and flew away as he was using it to harvest pine nuts from a tree. He and a partner were collecting pine nuts on Sunday and they lost control and the balloon sailed away. He was in good health. He had pain in his lower back and otherwise, because he was standing the entire time. And that was pretty much it. That's, yeah, why would you do that? You got to be careful with that stuff. Golly. Uh, also, I'm bring this up. This uh, this should actually terrify you. So it was reported, and this was Quartz that has this, and, and they used some apparently USCDC. They said that China is passing the United States in life expectancy. What? How? That should be, that's a horror film. Actually, one sentence horror story. Well, I would like to, I don't know why. That's a study that came from the courts, and I. It, there it is what it is. Uh, pro-union states are losing a lot of jobs to right-to-work states. A recent report from Bureau of Labor Statistics data 
confirmed what a lot of people kind of knew anecdotally is that jobs are flooding out of pro-union states and into states that have, I guess, more free market policies. They said that right-to-work states added 1.3 million jobs since the start of the pandemic and non-right-to-work states lost 1.1 million jobs. I wonder if, if some of that... Um, because right-to-work states that, you know, workers can't be forced to join unions or pay union dues. But I'm wondering if that is because so many people were just leaving blue states. I mean, maybe even more for that because everything was locked down. And I, I kind of wonder if it was less of a union issue and more of, you know, it's because everything was locked down and Democrat governors suck. That's why. I mean, heck, Gavin Newsom's own parents moved to Florida during the pandemic because they couldn't stand how their son was running stuff or son-in-law was running stuff. So... I don't know. I think that might be perhaps a little bit more to, you know, more explanative of it. Uh, Also, this is really interesting, and I do want to watch this. Netflix released a trailer for All Quiet on the Western Front. It's an adaptation of the 1929 novel. It's uh, set to debut at the Toronto Film Festival in just actually a couple of days. And they said, and it follows, uh, you know, everybody kind of, I think, is familiar with the of uh the with the novel but it's uh they said it's going to be pretty realistic in terms of showcasing trench warfare i like any world war ii stuff and i really like seeing them get their butts kicked over there so uh yeah that'll be one that you know i'll watch it and uh, reports out georgia democrats are worried that stacy abrams can't beat brian kemp washington examiner reports yeah i don't doubt it coming up my friend Matthew Marsden, you've seen him in Rambo, Black Hawk Down, Res- Resident Evil. He joins us next because there's a difference between colonization and the Commonwealth, and he's going to give some thoughts on that. Stick with us. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Welcome back to the program. Bottom of the hour, a little queen with a title of Queen in the Song. Killer Queen. This is a great song from them. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon this Friday. Now, I there were a number of things, and I'm going to set this up because we're going to bring on uh, a friend of mine to talk about all of this. But just to recap, because some of some of you, I missed that some of you are lucky and you didn't get to see some of the stuff that was said. I look at everything that goes on. Um, we've been covering domestic issues, you know, and we're going to be get, getting into the we're going to get into the midterm stuff. But I look at stuff that happens across the pond from a super selfish perspective. I look at it as, OK, well, how does this affect me? Because you want your allies to be healthy. You want them to be unified. You want them to be strong. You don't want there to be any instability, especially as Europe is set to be enveloped by an energy crisis. We discussed this week, we've been, I've been covering the green energy, which is nothing more than a proxy war between statism and, li- and people for liberty, um, all about uh, wearing this veneer of green. The ESG standards, all of this stuff, Russia controlling, restricting gas, going to Europe. And so yesterday, the new prime minister, the day before rather, Liz Truss, or no, yesterday morning came out and said, here's my thing, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna, uh, uh, reverse the ban on fracking and issue new leases for oil and gas in the North Sea. That's huge because that's more than we're doing here in the United States. They're taking a stand against Russia and saying, you know what, we want to be, she also added, they wanted to be the net export. Britain wants to be the net, a net exporter of energy by 2040. That's huge. And that's a threat to Russia. We want to see our allies do this. And that's why I think everything that happened with the queen, even though we don't have a monarchy and Americans don't care about about it as an institution, 
I do think that there is a significant amount of power wielded by the person that they have on the throne, even if they are a mascot for the country, because there is the power to sway public opinion. And we know that the that her son, who is now, I guess, King Charles, uh, is a big time green energy guy. And I look at this as England might be one of the countries that can stop this ESG slide if they, because they're taking some strong stands against this. But is that still going to be possible with a big green energy dude on the throne? That's why you need to be cons- That's why this does affect you, even though it's a monarchy thing and it's across the pond. This is how it does affect you. Now, one more thing. One of the things that we've seen here with CRT in the United States, which is critical race theory, it's a Marxist theory. What is the big component of it? Tearing down traditions and norms. Mao's Cultural Revolution did just that. CRT wants to do that in the United States, destroying traditions, destroying any, any kind of history, anything. And I see some of this stuff, like this Carnegie Mellon professor that we talked about, who said she, quote, hoped the queen died an excruciating death. She called her a colonist and all this stuff. This is, that's an expansion of this, of CRT. And I can't help but think that this is all designed, you know, to kind of kick the legs out from underneath Britain as, you know, they're trying to get their party together. They got the new prime minister and they're trying to take a stand against this energy crisis. I got a lot of questions. And I also think that all of these accusations of colonialism, people don't understand the difference between uh, uh, colonialism and imperialism. And where are they about criticism about Marxist imperialism? Joining me now to discuss all of this, you will know him. He's British, and he's a friend of mine, we, and he's now a Texan. Oh, he's not. We lost him. Did we lose him? Literally just, just dropped. All right, we're going to try to get him on. So my friend Matthew Marsden, he's been in Resident Evil, Black Hawk Down, Rambo, all kinds of stuff. He's going to join us here in a second as we get him back. But yeah, it is... There's, like I said, there's a major difference between colonialism and imperialism. Why are no? Why are people not screaming to the rafters about Marxist imperialism? All right, my we got him back on Skype. My friend Matthew Marsden joins me now. Matthew, good to see you. You are British, but you're Texan. You're full on American Texan now. I'm full on American Texan. Yes, I am. Absolutely, hundred percent. I got to get your react your reaction to some of this stuff because it's so weird for Americans who never grew up with this culture to watch what's happening and i was telling people in some ways like this is how this does affect you you want your allies to be strong and stable and there seems to be like this major ocean of ocean of difference between the new prime minister and now the guy charles sitting on the throne especially as this gas this energy crisis is coming and she's taking all these steps she's reversing the ban on fracking he's a big green energy guy i just get the sense that there is a lot of instability here and I don't know how that's going to play out. I mean, is there, because of the culture, is there just an inclination to kind of side with someone who's on the throne over, does he have that advantage? No, not at all. I mean, I think I think the Queen, look, you, you, we're talking about two separate things here because the Queen was an institution. Mm-hmm. And I was actually explaining to some of my friends the other day about how she was a constant. She was almost like a... Well, she was a connection back to the way things were, to Great Britain, right? So now she's gone. There, there is a little bit of instability. I mean, we always kind of, as an Englishman, I always looked and said, well, you know, I can't wait for, I, I hope that she skips him and it goes to William because 
Charles has always been a complete disaster. You know, I, I remember 20 years ago, I remember 20 years ago going, I wonder why the Queen hasn't, like, you know, rested and, mm. and, and given up the throne and given it over to Charles. And then you see what a complete disaster he's been. He's been very political complete- on stuff, and they're not supposed to be, right? They're, they're not, because they're, they, don't, they're, they don't get involved in Parliament. They're kind of like a mascot. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like uh, a figurehead, you know. And look, the, the monarchy does a lot for British tourism. People oh, yeah. don't realize. People, people don't realize, man. Here's one of the things they go because one, uh, the anti-monarchists over in the UK are like, "Well, why do we pay so much money for them? Like, why is that?" They're the largest. I think they're the largest landowners in the UK. So if they were to give back to say, "Hey, listen, we just want to take rent from our land." They would be super rich. They would get way more money. I mean, they're super rich anyway, but they get way more money from the lands that they own than they actually do from the money that's given to them for their royal duties. You know, so everyone I know is like, hey, listen, I want to go to London. Where shall I go? Of course, we're going to Buckingham Palace. We're going to see the Grenadier Guards. You know, we're going to do all that. So, so yeah, so there is that side of things. But I think for the majority of people, we kind of like looked at Charles as a little bit of a kook. I mean, he is good on architecture, which, you know, we need to have beautiful things and it's, it's nice to have beautiful architecture. But the green stuff is on, like, we just, like, zoned him out. Yeah. I mean, I certainly did anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's pay very... Much attention to him. Yeah, we're talking with Matthew Marsden. Uh, you've seen him in, in Rambo, Black Hawk Down, Resident Evil. I mean, he's been in... All, and Coronation Street, which I am told... Was that a show that apparently the Queen Elizabeth watched and you were in it and you when she because you were it's a, like what I think the longest running series in the UK is it? Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. apparently um, the Queen and the Queen Mother used to go and get their gin and tonics and go and watch it every night. So that was kind of <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of funny. Cool, yeah, that's pretty yeah. funny. So this, I, I'm sure you saw this tweet from this Carnegie Mellon professor who was going on and on about colonization and everything else. A lot of people don't understand that I think they don't get involved in a lot of British politics and a lot of people don't understand necessarily necessarily what the Commonwealth is. I mean, here in the United States, you know, it's kind of, we have the Commonwealth of Virginia and we have like four states, I think, that uh, have, have used that, has, have a, uh, that designation in their state constitution. But the British Commonwealth, it's, it is free and equal, I think, is the motto. And it seems to be the antithesis of colonization. But I'm just wondering, Matthew, why are these leftists? Because it seems like an expansion of CRT, like a way to destroy, you know, everything in the past, rewrite history. Why these people are angrier over free and equal commonwealth, but they say nothing about Marxist imperialism, for the lack of a better way to describe it, or what China's Belt and Road Initiative is doing in Africa. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of quite amazing. If you speak to any Africans right now, they will tell you, listen, China is raping our country, right? I mean, the, the continent of Africa is getting absolutely devastated by, by Marxist policies and the Chinese. They're taking over the ports, especially. They're building the roads. And they're, they're really, I mean, they're not putting them into slavery, but really they're putting they control them into slavery. The, yeah, they control their minerals. Yeah, they come like yeah, the Democratic Republic do. of Congo, all of their earth, rare earth minerals, they, they take ownership of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and what, look, what that woman said as well is she doesn't realize that actually the, the Queen of England presided over the giving back of sovereignty to these nations, right? So actually what she's criticizing the queen for she was actually doing completely opposite but you know it's harvard so you know if you want your kids to be indoctrinated in leftist politics like 
send them to Harvard. I mean, it, it really is ridiculous at this point. One of the reasons that I think this head of state, and she was designated as a head of state, stands out is because, Matthew, I don't, she she was a Christian. She was very, I think, made a point, it seemed like, to be pictured going to church. And she seemed unwoke. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. Oh, no, she, she was totally unwoke. But listen, this is someone that went out in the Second World War when the Blitz was happening in London, and she became a mechanic, right? She she trained, she went out there, and she worked with, I mean, this is why the, the Queen Mother as well, which people don't talk about, the Queen Mother who died a few years ago, she was beloved by the British public because we were all in it together. And, and I know that from my grandparents, you know, discussing on how the Queen actually led the country. And she kind of, she was above all that. You know what I mean? She really, it was, it's a really amazing thing. Considering, I mean, look, I'm from a very, as you know, from a very working class background, but you felt a kinship with the queen, mm. which is this, this kind of crazy dichotomy, yeah. right? Because, and the armed forces really love her. Mm. Uh, I know my friends that were in the army, like really loved her as well. But, but here's the, the strange thing about these leftists, right? They, and I think a lot of it is because they have a detachment from God. So they don't understand that. Well, they, they don't understand human nature, right? So they don't understand the fallen nature of, of human beings, and they think that you know it's it's this version of communism that that if the only we could do it right, then everything was be, would be fine. But we understand that human nature. We have a fallen nature, right? So we have a fallen nature, and that means that you know, and the founding fathers knew this that. Power corrupts, right? Yeah. And absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So, you know, when people get power, there's the humans are going to do bad things, right? Uh, did the British Empire do bad things? Yes, it did some bad things, but it did a whole load of good things. Mm. And there seems to be this black and white attitude that, you know, the British Empire was really bad. Well, you know, how did these countries do after the British pulled out, right? Are they some kind of like utopia? Did everyone go? Is everyone equal now? I mean, how did it end up for Idi Amin? Mm. You know, be careful what you wish for, mm. right? Because we understand that human nature is a broken nature, and evil is evil, yeah. right? And 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 do think these things happen in every in every society in history. This has happened yeah. by every society, but yeah. there's some kind of. There's this, there's this some kind of um, demonization of the British Empire, right? Yeah. That that they seem to be doing right now, and it's it's it's, it's like wrong. Now's cultural you know, revolution. It's like the CRT destruction of everything in the past here in the United States. It all seems like an expansion of that uh, in this regard, which is kind of crazy to see. It's like I just wish that they would, you know, as we were just talking, I wish that they would get as mad these leftists, doesn't it? Kind of show they have a unique privilege themselves because they don't speak about the actual destruction as you were just talking about with China. They speak about this, their perceptions of of what they think it is, which to me I think is just so incredibly arrogant. We're short on time. We got to have you back though, especially as you know we see, especially as everything we watch, everything that happens. Matthew Marsden, you can go find him on Twitter as well, and you can go to matthewmarsden.com. It's good to see you, my friend. Thanks so much for your perspective you. on this. It's my pleasure. Good to see you. Take care. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Mm-hmm. All right. First and foremost, uh, this is 
A Florida man who was dressed as Fred Flintstone was pulled over for driving his footmobile. What? <laughs> for real? <laughs> We're all going to be this soon. This WTVT. <laughs> it sounds normal, you know, a Florida man getting pulled over by law enforcement until you read from the uh, police report that he was dressed as Fred Flintstone and his vehicle was a footmobile. <laughs> Pasco County deputy pulled over Don Swartz, uh, which is funny because Local 10 says, a.k.a. Fred Flintstone, for allegedly speeding in a neighborhood. How- Wait a minute. How do you speed if it's an actual footmobile? Uh, they just issued a notice for him to appear. So that's what it was. That is hysterical to me. I'm surprised. It was just it was a smart car disguised as the footmobile. So I guess he didn't actually punch his feet through it. But still. You know, I'm, I'm, that's, if this was me, there would have been such a major wreck and it would have been on all the news stations. I would have closed down the highway. A Florida man was driving home and there's a snake on his windshield. Oh. I'm totally good with not even going further in this story. <laughs> I don't appreciate, like, can we just not have like the auto upload pictures? Cause I don't need that. So this guy, this is in Brevard County, Florida. He was on his way home from work, David Harrison, and he took pictures and video. Why are you doing that when driving? And he said uh, there was a snake. I mean, it's a snake that had, as he put his windshield up, you could see, you know, they have that space in between the hood and the windshield. That's where the snake was. And it apparently was kind of coiled around the the windshield apparatus. And he was driving home and that, that, yeah, he says that was, he goes, this was pretty crazy. He was able to get it off of his truck, but he said this wasn't the first time that's happened. He came out uh, to drive home from work uh, uh, earlier, I uh, said about a week ago, and there was a chicken on the hood of his truck. Uh, just a, okay, all right. Well, he's, maybe you should do like a, you know, animal show. Just gonna, just gonna say. Uh, and let's see, a Florida woman with the same name as the late Tupac Shakur was arrested for beating a man with a bat <laughs> in Miami Dade. 34-year-old woman named Tupac Amaru Shakur was arrested and charged with aggravated battery on a person over age 65, according to jail records obtained by WTVJ. They said it happened outside of the Hylia Hospital, and uh, the victim was on a bench, and she just came up and started beating with a bat. She's being held on a $10,000 bond. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Stick with us. Third hour on the way. And in many ways... The governors of Texas and Arizona have turned us into a border town. We don't know how long this will take to resolve. We don't know how long they will continue busing. And so the right thing to do here is to be prepared to ensure we can greet every bus. We can get people off on the right foot. We can get them where they want to go. And that will ultimately help them in their immigration process. Oh, boy. So this is the uh, D.C. DC council member, Brianne Nadeau saying that, well, D.C. is a border town now. They've made us a border town. No, Biden did. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you. This hour, third hour, top of our third hour this Friday, they're just, we. everyone is kind of, a, everybody's a border town, and that's one of the things that we've told people over and over again. So this council member saying, well, this, you know, it's a crisis, it's a, it's a border, we're a border town now, et cetera, et cetera. They're upset. If it Look, if it's an emergency because it's happening there, does 
that not make it an emergency at the border where people are entering illegally in the first place? I mean, let's because they keep downplaying the urgency at the border. So wouldn't that make that an emergency if it's overwhelming for them to deal with in D.C. and elsewhere? If they have a problem with this, they should talk to Biden about it because it's his and their party's policies that have led to this. And it's completely unfair. You know, pay your fair share, you grifters. I'm tired of these these welfare recipients of, of, of dealing with the cost of illegal entry. Illegal immigration is expensive. Texas and all these other border states, Arizona, have been paying for it forever. Especially in the hot spots in Arizona and, and Texas. So, yeah, pay your fair share at this point. Very simple. I'm just shocked at these. What I can't, I just can't figure out how no one stops their sentences and goes, "Wait a minute, that sounds incredibly self-incriminating." Right. <laughs> Is there an? I mean, can I just full-on pause for a second? Is there an issue with their cerebral processing that they can't uh, like recognize this? They can't recognize that they're criticizing. Their policies. The, and what else is Texas supposed to do? By the way, you guys were sanctuary cities. They're coming for sanctuary. I don't think the spin is working, do you? No. I don't think that their efforts to try to make this... Uh, I don't think that they're... I don't, I don't... I really don't. I don't think that they are at all whatsoever. This is not having an effect. It's really not having an effect. It's not. I have, speaking to that, let me pull this up. Oh, my gosh, my big old bunch of notes on elections. Uh, So, midterms. Always good to keep an eye, especially now as we're rolling through mid-September, which is crazy. Seven races that, uh, I think there might be a couple more than this, but there are a number of races to to determine who controls the House, and I think that there are... Actually, probably even less than that. They're looking at some, the, the Republicans are going to take the House. It's just a matter of by how much. Then there are some races that are a little tougher than others. Some of them you haven't necessarily been following. Uh, New York's 19th district. That's Mark Molinaro and Josh Riley. Uh, they're they're facing off against each other. And that's um, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. They added Riley to their red to blue program. Molinaro's the top recruit for Republicans. Now, Cook has ranked the race as a top up, uh, top up, toss up. The Cook Political Report, their House ratings, they say that it's that that's looks like it's going to be a toss up. In fact, some, they said that these are the Republican toss ups. They have lean Democrat. They have likely Republican, lean Democrat, Republican toss up, Democrat toss up, lean Democrat, likely Democrat. They have uh, a couple of California seats. Uh, Colorado's eighth district has a new seat. Uh, and then in this, let me pull this up. There's there are there are a number of competitive races, but it looks really it looks really good for Republicans. Um, Chabot in Ohio, uh, first district. 
This uh, Pennsylvania's 8th district, Matt Cartwright and Jim Bogner, I haven't been watching this race at all. I haven't been watching some of the Ohio ones. Just because the Senate, I feel like the Senate is where it's going it's to be a little bit more cutthroat. Uh, and speaking of that, let me pull this up. In the Senate, in Pennsylvania, it's uh, heating up even more. In fact, let me look at some of this latest because I have, bear with me. I have, um, so in the in the Senate, I don't know if, uh, there's a number of competitive races that are in the Senate. And Nevada is actually looking like it's going, in, and Adam Laxalt is going up against the uh, Democrat Repu- uh, incumbent. In Nevada and Nevada is is starting to it's really getting really close I think one of the last surveys I saw it was in the within the margin of error Nevada is an interesting state because like Colorado before Colorado this was a number of years ago they had 63 straight years of Republican administration and then Democrats had a very purposeful mission to flip the state in two election cycles and they were able to do that and then take control of the state legislature and then the guys behind it actually published a book called the blueprint explaining how they did it well they started doing some of that in nevada there were a lot of people who were fleeing nevada because the or fleeing california excuse me because the high taxes etc etc they went to nevada and started turning nevada into california and so that's one of the reasons why it's kind of it's not as far along in the process as colorado but it's still um it's it's still uh, really uh, interesting to kind of see just how successful when the left wants to do it they can be the right kind of sits back a little bit and i think they need to be they need to be more proactive and not be afraid to cede areas etc cetera, etc cetera. the difference between democrats and republicans republicans won't just take a candidate and run them in an un- knowing that it's going to be an unsuccessful campaign where democrats do that that's what they did with what's her face the can't remember her name anymore the blonde lady who was trying to go, Wendy Williams, they tried to do that with her. She didn't have a chance in H-E double hockey sticks, but they ran her because they, it was all about registering voters. With Bader, Robert O'Rourke, the uh, Hispanic name appropriating Irishman, they ran him a couple of times just to see voters, just to see the ground and get voters, and, and you, you, make a, you, you make your case through that campaign. And that's the Republicans will not do that. I think they should because there is a little there is I think there is merit to it and I think it does work now and looking at this in Georgia Walker is plus one that is the latest uh, uh, latest survey here Trafalgar group they have he's plus one within a margin of error but there was that's he's shrinking that lead Herschel Walker shrinking that lead there are, and, and in Nevada, there was a bigger difference between Laxalt and Cortez Masto, who's the incumbent. Now she's only plus one in the latest poll. And Democrats are starting to get concerned. They should. Uh, in Florida, Rubio versus Demings. Rubio's up, uh, on average, about plus three. It's still way close. But I don't think, I don't think that uh, uh, he's, I don't think that she's going to, I don't think he's going to lose his seat. And yeah, and the, this Georgia, yeah, the Georgia Senate, I, there was another one that has a Fox 5 insider advantage. I haven't looked at this poll, but it has Walker up plus three. Masters versus Kelly. Kelly's only up plus two in the latest Emerson poll. It's all these races are starting to starting to close are starting to close. Now in Missouri, Eric Schmidt versus Trudy Bush Valentine. This is one of my because this state, this uh, if if they 
voters, Missouri voters know what they're doing. They know how to take care of business. Eric Greitens was sent off into the sunset uh, from this political grift. He he was he just he couldn't stop running for races. Now you got to go get a job and maybe take care of some of your business. Um, but Trudy Bush Valentine was the candidate that they pulled out just because they wanted to be able to use they wanted to be able to to basically beat Greitens over the head with it. That could have been a nightmare of a race, and we could have seen we could have had to have spent a lot more money on that race because Democrats were ready to pour all in. Now as it is, Trudy Bush Valentine is just a place mark, a placeholder. Eric Schmidt's up plus 11 in one of the latest uh, Missouri scout polls, and I've heard some internals have him up even more. Um, so that's very interesting. One of the things I'm, I do want to caution you on, there is some data, and I'm trying to get my hands on it. Uh, there was an internal poll that was taken of the county that I live in in Texas. And Tarrant County, this is the county where I live, is a very interesting county because it is one of the most conservative counties in the entire state of Texas. And everybody in the past few elections have been watching how this county goes because the the basic understanding amongst operatives in the state is that if you can flip this county, you can flip the state of Texas. And I've warned you that if you have Texas that if you have Texas go blue, you will lose those electoral votes and you'll never have another Republican in the White House ever again. I promise you. Texas is the only state that's been keeping Republicans competitive for, you know, the last couple last couple cycles. And so uh, there are apparently some internals that came out. Uh, a friend of mine who works in Austin uh, and I'm, I'm trying to get them there. They haven't been made public, but it's just to help some of these, you know, help people in guiding campaigns and allocating, you know, where do we have to shore up with ad sale, ad buys and all this. Uh, but the numbers are actually we're pretty shocking. Democrats have made a lot of grounds in Tarrant County. And you can say a lot of it's from Californians. There are a lot of conservative Californians coming in, too. But you just can't think that people are going to come to your state and immediately turn red. You got to be you got to be out there doing the evangelizing. You, you have to be out there, you know, meeting people and having events. And I think that Republicans, at least in the count, my county, have been doing a good job at that. But there's it's it more people need to get involved is the thing. A lot of people just sit back and, you know, they they I can't tell you how I used to kind of go back and forth and kick myself because when my kids were younger because I homeschooled my kids. And I worked in radio even when we were just regional before we went national. And I can't tell you how many weekends I spent traveling across the country. And I didn't do this for fees. I didn't get paid from this. I would travel across the country and I would work with different groups to raise money and recruit people so that they could have you know, door uh, canvassing teams and uh, people to operate phone banks and that. And it was it, after a while, it was just because I did I did it for so long and I was just like, I'm gonna, I, I don't wanna, I sometimes I bring my kids, and then other times I'm like, I'm tired of spending, you know, weekends away from my kids doing this. And I got real mad at one event, and I got into it with somebody who had gone there, and they didn't have, I said, I go, sir, you didn't raise your hand, you're not gonna stay, and you're not gonna, you know, do, you're not gonna door knock, you're not gonna canvas or anything like that. And he was like, no, I've, you know, I've got things to do in this weekend, and I don't know, maybe it was just because I hadn't seen my kids in a little bit. I totally, I totally went full on capital B on this dude. Thankfully, this was like in 09, 09, 2010. So I know people weren't, uh, now everybody records everything. Um, it wasn't my best moment, but I was like, I don't, I said, I, I go, but I can come here and I can raise money for you. And my kids can, you know, sit back. And, I'm not doing, I'm not getting paid. I paid to come here. I paid my plane ticket. I flew economy. I came here. I paid to come here to help you. And you're telling me you can't even get off your ass and help yourself raise money to fight 
these people that are trying to, t- and this is the, over the healthcare battle. And he just kind of stood there and looked at me. He's shocked. And I just said, I'm done with you. And I just walked away. I was told later that he actually did stay. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? And after that, I got burnt out a little bit. Because it is hard to keep people engaged. This is one of the reasons why Democrats have outrage all the time. Because outrage keeps people engaged. And we got to be careful not to do that. But we also, I mean, we should understand we should be motivated enough to do it without having to use those, to- those techniques, rather. We have more to come. Because that, that's what a lot of this is going to come down to. And Tarrant, it absolutely is coming down to this. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-mm-mm. See, I think I'm just going to spend goth tracks on Friday. That's what we'll do, right? We, I just wish there was a word that would make it a little bit the constant, you know, consonants Friday, something. I don't know. Uh, all right. I trained legs are also, that's another reason why I'm more Daria than normal. <sighs> Let's get back to some of the stuff that you may have missed, Okay. This uh, holiday air travel, apparently over the Labor Day weekend, topped pre-pandemic levels for the first time in a very long time. And I heard that a lot of people who were traveling, they said it was pretty crazy. Uh, So that was, and airlines are still canceling flights. They said between Friday and Monday, 0.6% of the total were canceled according to FlightAware. That's less than one third of the cancellation rate, though, between June and Labor Day. Delays were also down. So that's good news, right? Good news. Yeah, 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 okay. Companies are buying large numbers of carbon offsets. Kane, that's the industry we should have gotten in. And they don't cut emissions, according to the Wall Street Journal. The boom in renewable energy, it's an indulgence. It's a modern-day indulgence. I'm going to pay this for the sin of using oil and gas. We're going to go plant a tree somewhere. Never plants tree. That's what it is. So that's from Walls. I want to come back to this and make fun of it. Too much free time, says a psychologist, won't make you happier. How many hours you really need in a day? This is actually fascinating. Uh, they said that this there was this this calculation of how much free time people have in a day because everyone thinks if I just had more free time I'd be happier. Nearly half Americans, though, according to a Gallup poll, uh, other they said that they uh, they felt like they had too little time available. But other surveys say actually no, it's how you use your time. Duh, not how much of it you have. There you go. Stick with us. We got more in store, folks. It's Friday. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. These were all, for me, acts of faith. Born out of being taught to believe in what is possible and what can be unburdened by what has been. <laughs> can we get that on a t-shirt? Oh my gosh, can you imagine that on a t-shirt? Welcome back to... Front and back. Dana Lash's Mean Show, where Kane and I are mean girls for the rest of the Friday show. (laughs) Uh, That was the Vice President of the United States. So here's what your shirt would say. Imagine it. Because everybody loves... I hate shirts with words. Well, actually, I don't. I have some. What am I talking about? But this is a little overkill. Imagine the shirt with like a saying or slogan on it. And this is what it would say. Acts of faith born out of being taught to believe in what is possible and what can be unburdened by what has been. Um, 
I mean, I know that like blank t-shirts got a lot of real estate for stuff, but that's a lot. Have to be really small font if you only want to get it on one side. <laughs> I, I just like these, these these sayings. It's she's you know that mystery men movie Ben Stiller was in it, and there was the the one guy who was like Mysterio or whatever. He was like the super mysterious guy, and Ben Stiller made fun of everything that he said. This is that. She is she is that. But hey, there's more. I'll raise you one dumb saying with audio soundbite nine thousand. It's uh, Secretary Mayor Put- Buttigieg, Buttigieg uh, on EVs. Or, uh, you know, we also were able to make it cheaper to get an electric vehicle if you want to save money on gas. I love saving money on gas by spending uh, 56000 actually 60 thousand dollars yeah, on an EV. Minimum. And then when the battery has to be replaced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a $30,000 repair. Sidebar. So I got to tell you this story. So I'm thinking about trading my car in and I want, I basically was telling, you know, the people we were talking to, what eats the most gas? (laughs) (laughs) That's how you gauged it? Yeah. I'm like, what's the most offensive thing I can drive? (laughs) And my husband saw uh, the electric Hummer and I have heard nothing. It's like him and this car, this whatever it is, became best friends. I won't allow an EV in my house. I Look, if the United States, if again, I'm going to say this if you're just joining me, I don't hate EVs. I hate the virtue signaling about it. And also, I just don't think that we have the infrastructure to support it. And that needs to happen without government manipulation. There you go. But he's like, well, you know, it goes sideways. Does it go ludicrous speed too? It goes plaid. I'm trying to think. Now, stop. I can hear the husbands out there. I literally hear all the husbands and boyfriends out there right now going, well, Dana, trying to justify that. I can hear you. Maybe a couple of you ladies. But I'm like, well, what point am I going to need to go sideways? Like that? Parallel parking. No, Kane. Although that would actually be fun. But that, you know. Parallel parking. I can parallel park just fine. I can parallel park better than I can pull into a regular parking spot. I have no idea why. I see. I've seen it, and you are correct. Kane's seen it. I'm literally, I'm two moves. Vroom, yep, boom, vroom. boom. That's it. You are a master parallel parker. But heaven forbid I have to pull into a regular parking spot. Hide your, hide your kids, hide your families, because I'll end up catching something on fire. But yeah, it would be cool to pull up next to a spot you're going to parallel park in. And just, you know, you, you know how it is whenever you pull in, especially like in places like New York and downtown areas of, of major cities. When you go to, you have to pull past the spot, right? And mm-hmm. then you pull in reverse into the parallel spot. But then someone else takes it by mm-hmm. just pulling into it frontwards. <laughs> but all you do is pull up next to that spot, turn on your sideways Hummer, and slide right into that parking spot. I think it's pretty, uh pretty good idea. It's the trick four-wheel steering system. Apparently... They had the modular, GM had uh, worked with NASA and they developed the modular robotic vehicle, MRV for short. It looks like a glorified uh, Zamboni. I got I to gotta put this in, hold up, I got to put this in here. So, so I, I was telling, you know, the card folks, I'm like, I, what eats the most gas? I want something that basically is a giant middle finger with wheels. And I want it to be loud and obnoxious I want people to think when I'm pulling up that I am like a 70-year-old man having a midlife crisis. That's what I want it to sound like. And then I want people to almost pass out in fear 
from the realization that it's a woman driver of a vehicle that can go fast. That's what I want. So anyway, he was telling me, yeah, this electric Hummer, because it goes sideways. And it's because the Hummer, apparently, this is the worst headline. Uh, someone was asking if the Hummer's going to be reborn as an electric only brand. And I could just die. Like, just we're smod. Stop it. And they, it, the Hummer uh, HX comes back to life as a rugged electric off-road SUV. You know, because nothing says off-road like taking your EV out into the desert and then where all the charging cables are. what are you gonna do uh i was i that's why i had to laugh when you had what's her face the uh ronald mcdonald's sister what's her face the comic oh, kathy mcdonald griffin yeah kathy griffin. griffin uh her same thing she was saying that she was had tweeted that she you know you went a civil war you got one or something and then accused everybody else of doing it and i'm like how are look first off i am i do not take any of these people seriously i do not take you seriously we're talking about people who get upset over pancake mix and they would have to stop and charge their damn ev every half hour on their way to the civil war here i am going to the civil war i'm gonna stop and cry about my pancake mix first i'm gonna charge my vehicle i'm a little late to the civil war guys it sounds like an adult swim show But this this Hummer though, <laughs> can you you just want to drive side? It's like a crab. I just it's not I worth do it want to, to me. Check it out. I do. I would like to check it out. Oh I don't know gosh. if it's like the deciding factor for me to buy a vehicle. Like what a drive sideways, sold. <laughs> but it is interesting. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I I don't know. I I was reading some of the, the I was reading some of the reviews of it. And and I love how they're like an amazing twist of fate. General Motors gas guzzling Hummer brand discontinued in 2010 made a comeback in 22 as an all electric sub brand. Well, that sounds horrible. (laughs) That sounds awful. I'm just I don't know. Steve, would you be motivated if someone was like, hey, come look at this. It's an electric Hummer. It goes sideways. Are you does that really is that mean that much to you? Driving. I mean, other than parallel parking, like what do you be illegal to use anywhere? Right? I mean, I don't think you could just go, I'm going to drive on the highway sideways and just freak everybody out. But think about this. Think, <laughs> it works. Think about this. You're, you're parking on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. You got you got behind someone. And then someone parks behind you and leaves you no room to reverse out of it, right? So they're like really <laughs> tight in the front and the back. You could literally just take those sideways wheels and just slide right out. No problem. I love how the the always sunny in Philadelphia levels. Everybody goes to to justify. Well, just imagine it now. Imagine it. It could happen. Could happen. It's happened. Just you know, and then you just boop boop, and it's the all the trick off four. Then you just boop, pull it out sideways. It's probably happening to somebody listening right now. Wow, I, I don't know. My husband came back and he's like, "Yeah, this one guy that traded this awesome car in, he totally did it to get this sideways driving electric Hummer." And then the next day. You know that guy who got the sideways driving electric Hummer? He got another one because he loved it so much. I'm like, I don't care what he does. I don't care. Two That's an EV. What do you need two for? <laughs> I thought this was America. Uh, apparently not, according to Charlie Chris. Can we play this? Uh, he what was this on The View? He was in the hen house. And um, oh, my gosh, we're calling it that forever. He was in the hen house and they asked him about guns or something. I, I threw this in Slack for Steve. Uh, listen to this. This is this is Charlie Chris, the great value version of George Hamilton, and I do not mean any disrespect to George Hamilton. What about the NRA? Where do you stand on that one? 
Oh, gosh. Listen, I own a gun. I believe in the Second Amendment, mm -hmm. but I want to ban assault weapons. Thank you. I want to make sure. As Anna and I both know, Florida has suffered from the gun issue. Mm -hmm. uh, Pulse nightclub, the Parkland mm -hmm. uh, High School thing. So, Charlie Crisp, first off, this is, that's like saying, well, my friend Drew said, it's like saying, well, I'm pro-life, but I believe in abortion. It's not this, it's in, in, it doesn't sound like he uh, at all believes in the Second Amendment. He, Charlie Chris couldn't define what an assault weapon was if he had to. Why is he running? Is there nothing else for Charlie Chris to do? Are there no other jobs in Florida? Someone get this man a job because he just constantly wants to run for elected office and just be, be bossy. Somebody give him a, get him a job somewhere for the love of all things holy. The only time Charlie Chris comes up is when he wants to lose another election. That's the only time I hear his name come up. For the love. Yeah, like, I mean, couldn't he be a spokesperson for like Metamucil, Kane asks? So. Right? I mean, we could probably think of some jobs for him. Golly, I, I just, uh. so one other, I, I got actually a couple other quick things in here. We, uh, this story in Nevada, the uh, Clark County Administrator, Robert Tellis, tell us, he's the guy, they found his DNA at the crime scene. Oh and of the reporter, Jeff German, who had written stories about how uh, uh, Tellis abused his staff and he was, uh, had created a, a hostile work environment and was like carrying on affairs with subordinates and all that. I was reading this story this morning. Let me pull this up because this was, man, you just, it, when you're other, when you're, you don't make a bunch of reporters like that mad. And it looks like German was a legit, you know, reporter. He was, he was writing, he, he wasn't one of those rare not politician reporters, you know, he wasn't an activist. He was apparently was an actual reporter. And I, I still haven't heard anything from the left, by the way, about uh, the sacred free press. But when all of that happened, uh, apparently, Telus's or not Telus's, but Germans, um, his uh, associates there at the Las Vegas Review Journal, they started. Uh, his colleagues helped track down who killed him. The reporter spotted the red SUV that matched the getaway vehicle on Google Maps, and they started doing all the legwork. And that's one of the reasons that all of this came to be. Now, here's the thing. You have a Democrat politician who is now being charged with stabbing a reporter who wrote bad stories on him that were true to death. And the local press, guess what they said? The press briefing? The, there was a female reporter. I don't know who this is. She, uh, well, here, I'm going to throw this and you guys can play this. This female reporter asked, this was yesterday at the press conference, she asked Las Vegas Sheriff Joe Lombardo, listen to this. So why are we talking politics then? Uh, no, I think this is probably the inappropriate venue to speculate on that or opine on that. Um, I think oh my it's, gosh. Uh, it, so this reporter asks him, no this reporter asks him, do you condemn former President Trump's normalization of violence against journalists? This was a Democrat that murdered a reporter. 
you dits. Where, where did Trump normalize that, by the way? Because uh, I'm confused about that question. It wasn't Donald Trump that was uh, feeding journalist stories that they got from a campaign and using it as probable cause to spy on citizens that the media ate up. That wasn't Trump that did that, if you want to talk about treatment of the sanctity of the action of a free press. And it also wasn't Trump that uh, had actually gotten wiretaps on the phones of AP reporters or went after reporters like James Rosen. Oh, that was Obama-Biden. What in the... A Democrat stabs a reporter to death. And the this ditz is like, Oh, have you... It's ma'am. Have you... What do you think? Uh, do you think this is uh, uh, Trump's normalization of violence against journalists? <laughs> Good grief. These people are clowns. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, chapter and verse. All kinds of good stuff that comes out regularly through there. So you don't want to make sure that uh, you don't miss anything. Uh, the Peppa Pig thing. I don't, I mean, I guess some of I, uh, the Peppa Pig kids show. It's a, a poorly drawn pig that is British. <laughs> I'm joking. But they decided to bring in. Uh, a lesbian polar bear. This is like a, a little kid show. A lesbian polar bear. Yeah. I just don't understand what the need is to constantly push, <clears throat> excuse me, this stuff on kids. Always. It's uh, in Peppa Town, there, is, there are two, they, honestly, can I be real? They don't even look like polar bears. They, why is this uh, constantly, why are, uh, why do adults ruin kids' television shows? You know, one of the things I liked about kids' shows when I was little that I didn't appreciate until I became an adult is the pure absence of that stuff. There was no wokery in Scooby-Doo, man. There's no wokery in the Muppets. None of it. It was just, it was shows made for kids. Respecting of kids. Adults today they want to project all of their stuff onto kids and just make everything horrible. They do it with uh, female superheroes, too. My husband and I were talking about this. The She-Hulk, I hate female superheroes. I sp- I, I, and I hate how there has to be, oh, there's a Hulk, there has to be a She-Hulk. There's a Superman, has to be a Superwoman. Women are smart enough to kind of come up with our own, right? I don't know. All right, today's stupidity, Kane. All right, after 50-plus years of the quote-unquote experts telling us that the climate's going to kill us, it's not? Yeah. No, it hasn't yet, at least. Not to their predictions. But uh, John Kerry says this on climate change. Um, it's not political. There's, there's no ideology in it. It's not a Republican, Democrat, slash, Tory, Labor issue. Uh, it's a universal issue. Universe, it's not global. It's universal. Oh, yes. It's so a, now, well, no. that's a big one, then. That's a big problem. Yeah, yeah, there you go, folks. That does it for us today, this Friday. Folks, I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Sign up for that newsletter. Find us on YouTube and Facebook, Official Dana Lash. Like and subscribe. I'll be back behind the mic with you, roaring and ready to go on Monday. <laughs>